At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. Los Angeles Dodgers podcast on the Believe Network. I'm J.P. Hornstra with the Southern California News Group. Sean Green, who was maybe just as busy as I was during All-Star Week, is back. We will be talking about an unusually busy week for baseball at Dodger Stadium, even with the Dodgers not playing a single game talk about the draft, talk about the futures game, talk about the biz, wrap it up with a little Dodgers-Giants talk, and let's get right to it. So Sean Green, welcome back to the podcast. Great to have you as always. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here again. We were actually in the same place at the same time this week. Maybe next time we'll be coordinated enough to do a live show from someplace as cool as before of the MLB draft room. But um, I know Sunday was a busy day for both of us, and it was a particularly long day for you. For anybody who wasn't watching MLB Network on Sunday, can you talk about what you did on camera and how much went into it behind the scenes off camera? Yeah, so on camera, so I was the Blue Jays representative, and um, I did get drafted by the Blue Jays in 1991, so it was fitting for sure. And being in L.A., it was, it was kind of a win-win for them to to have me as the representative. So um, it, was, it was cool to, to do something for them as well. Uh, so I spend most of my time in baseball doing Dodger stuff. But, um, yeah, so we got there pretty early. There was a brunch, which was great to see some former teammates and former opponents and peers, um, guys like I played with Mike Timlin for my first few years in Toronto, um, Fred McGriff, who I played with in the Dodgers, uh, Mike Lieberthal, guy I played against in you know, my whole career, kind of came up around the same time. Um, um, Eric Davis, and it's just a bunch of, a bunch of uh, guys. So it was, that was really fun to see them and, and hang out a little bit and tell old stories and stuff. And then, I mean, honestly, it was, it was kind of a long day, though. It was a lot of waiting around. Um, so then the draft started whatever time, you know, two or three, whatever time it started. And uh, the bummer is it was outside. So it was really hot. So we were trying to kind of hide um, in some air conditioning down down below. And we hung out there and, you know, just kind of 
talked and waited. And then when it was your time to go up there, which I think the Blue Jays had the 23rd pick. So um, you sort of wait and you sit up on the, you know, like in the little booth with whoever's up and whoever's the next team up. And you sort of sit there. Unfortunately, my guy was in town. Um, not a lot of players were there. They, a lot of them just uh, zoomed in and, and did a family shot. But uh, for me, I got I got to, to meet him and his family and, and present him with the Blue Jays jersey and, and hat. So that was pretty cool. And then after that, you know, that took a couple, two, three hours, whatever it was. Then the, the commissioner announced all of them. And then after that, the first 32 picks or so, I think a couple – um, sandwich picks, whatever, then the players from each team and introduced themselves as a representative and announced th- those picks. So then I had the 60th pick and the 77th and 78th pick. Um, so we just kind of waited around and then announced those and those guys and then uh, headed home around you know 10 o'clock at night. So it's it a pretty long day. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I'm glad you mentioned some of the other players who were taking part in the draft as far as announcing picks for teams. It was like star power left and right, at least from the era that I watched that I remember growing up. I mean, Fred McGriff, there was no bigger star than that during his day. You mentioned Eric Davis. I saw Reggie Sanders there. It was a really cool collection. If you were a baseball fan and you didn't know any of the names of the kids being drafted, but you just wanted to see somebody that you watched play growing up, couldn't have been a better event. Yeah, it was cool. And some, like the Giants had one of their, their bench coach for a long time. So it wasn't all players but most mostly players yeah that's right wrong what is jermaine die was there um who was a guy that we came up the same time pretty much and um you know i always admired him and, and never really spent a ton of time talking to him so i got to talk to him quite a bit mark loretta a guy that i do know relatively well we never played together we missed missed the years in the dodgers um but we did uh do tim is team israel together um post playing days so it, it was a it was a kind of interesting mix of people, guys that I knew, guys that I I was excited to get a chance to meet, and um, you know it's, it's always fun hearing stories and telling stories. Yeah, um, I should mention here Steve Sachs was the Dodgers representative, and he only had one name to announce. Sean, you had three. The Blue Jays asked you to announce Josh Kasovich, Tucker Toman, and Cade Doty. You, you had one job there, so the only question that matters <laughs> is this. Did you nail all three pronunciations? I think so. I was stressed with the first one, Kasovich, you know, the way it was spelled, I was like, it could have been a few different things. So I was I was hoping for something really easy like, you know, Joe Smith or something like that. Right. But, you know, I started off with, with a tougher one. Um, but, you know, they make it as easy as, as they can. You have a teleprompter, and the only thing you can't do is there's like a little spot on the teleprompter if you put your hand in it knocks the screen blank so there's like a warning around it but i think one or two guys did that and then they had to sort of improvise until it came back on again does that explain why rick dempsey called the diamondbacks the diamonds <laughs> it's possible i don't know it's, uh dempsey he was uh one of my coaches in la so um there's probably a lot of different explanations for that he's a he's a funny guy yeah. Sean, you were drafted 16th overall in 1991. You mentioned the Blue Jays picked you out of Tufton High School. You saw firsthand what the experience is like for a first-round draft pick in 2022. How different was it compared to your experience in 1991? Yeah, I mean, it was really, you know, I had a a strong, you have a strong 
um, inkling of where you're going to go. And, and obviously things can, you know, vary from there based on, you know, teams picking what another team is expecting, you know, who they're expecting to select. So, you know, it changes last minute, but, you know, I had a good idea that I was going to go in the middle of the first round and, um, I knew the Blue Jays were, were pretty hot and heavy as a potential, you know, team to choose me. And I also played for a few off seasons, uh, a few falls on the scout team, which was a big um, way they evaluate players. So I, I played for the Blue Jays, and, and I knew the scouts well. So anyway, I, I was not surprised when they selected me. I stayed home that morning. It was kind of right before finals in school, and I was, um, you know, it was pretty – Focus and want to make sure I took care of business in school. So I, they got, I got the call from Pat Gillis, the general manager, and he said, we just selected you in the first round. And, you know, I thanked him and, you know, kind of sat there with my family for a little bit and, you know, kind of, I guess, got excited, celebrated a little bit, gave him some hugs, and then I went to school. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty <laughs> much it. Now, you know, it was it was a big deal in that it was a dream come true, but it wasn't, you know, a big um, kind of wasn't a big event like it is today. Yeah, you mean they didn't have cameras on you in your living room when you were talking to Pat Gillick at all? They had no no cameras, uh, no uh, confetti or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so so then I got drafted and I had signed a play at Stanford. Um, so then it was kind of a you know, started talking to my agent a little bit, my you know quote unquote advisor, and 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 then I broke my thumb playing in a summer league game so i was out for like six weeks so i couldn't have played that summer anyway and then it, you know things kind of got quiet while that happened and and then once i heading to school and got up to stanford um then they started coming at me pretty pretty hard and, and ultimately i signed the last day before uh before classes started cool well good experience minus all of the hype that comes today and it all worked out for you in the end i i mean it's interesting to see how much they make of the MLB draft, trying to, I think, position it alongside the NFL draft and the NBA draft and, you know, take nothing away from Sunday because it was a great event, but it kind of masks the fact that these kids have a really long road ahead of them, even just to get to an event like the Futures game, let alone the major leagues. It's not like other sports. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot different. And, you know, we start, some of us were actually kind of, going back and Googling our draft classes and just kind of curious to see. And, and there's a, a lot of teams that with really high picks that the players never made it or maybe barely even got a cup of coffee. So it's, it's pretty hard to evaluate, you know, what's going to translate into success in the big leagues from someone who's 18 or between 18 and 21, 17 and 21, whatever it is. And, um, you know, there's just so many factors in baseball. It's not, you know, if you got a guy in football that, you know, runs like a four, four, two, five, and, you know, has he's got pretty good hands. Like the guy's very likely going to be a, a, a big success. If he, if he doesn't end up being a running back, then convert him. Maybe he's going to be an amazing defensive back. So, um, but baseball is like sometimes you guys just never figure out how to hit pitching on the next level or pitchers that maybe they're throwing 98 miles an hour, but, for whatever reason, guys see it really well with a hand, and and they just can't quite locate, and and guys hit them hard. So you you just never know in baseball. Well, you had a particularly fun draft year. Um, Brian Taylor went one one, and he's 
somewhat notoriously maybe the best first overall pick never to make it. Left-handed pitcher scouts at the time were just raving about how smooth and powerful and fast he was able to throw a baseball, and just it didn't happen for him. There were some injuries in the minor leagues. He was drafted by the Yankees, so there was a lot of hype around him, and, and he never made it. Um, but pop quiz, who is the one player in the first round of your draft who had more career wins above replacement than you, Sean? Manny Ramirez. That's it. Manny Ramirez was taken yeah. by the then Cleveland Indians, number 13 overall, 69 career war. You were taken three picks later, 35 career war. And that was the – you were the second best player in your draft class, Sean. You were a steal oh, at number 16. That's good to hear. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. And there's, there's some good players. There was Cliff Floyd had a good career, Aaron Seeley. Yeah. Um, Sean Estes was in that class. Dimitri yeah. Young and – um yeah, no, there's there's a lot of guys who had you know really good careers, but um it was I, I would say there's there's a lot of guys that just didn't never made it or just barely, you know, kind of sniffed the big leagues. Um and yeah, I mean it's it's some some classes come out with, you know, five Hall of Famers in it and, and others, you know, it's it's a different story. But um I think the year after was pretty good. I think it was a, a- Rod and and a couple other Maybe Dreifert. You know, there's there's some good players that came out of that that next the next class. But mine was mine was solid, but it wasn't anything special for sure. Yeah, your the year after your draft, uh, Phil Nevin was taken first overall. Um, good career as a player. Uh, well, burgeoning career as a major league manager, shall we say? But the big name in the 1992 class was Derek Jeter, sixth overall. Kind of made up for the Brian Taylor pick by the Yankees the year before. Right, um, that definitely <laughs> made up. Yeah, I guess the next year would have been A Rod in '93. Yeah, 1993. Alex Rodriguez was taken first overall. Darren Dreifert, number two by the Dodgers. That's yeah. right. Dreifert was just a beast in college. He, he was a tremendous hitter and pitcher, and at Wichita State. The week did not end for you there. You went from the draft to coaching the Futures game. You participated in the Celebrity Softball game. Let's start with the Futures game. What was your experience like coaching some of the best minor league baseball players on the planet? Yeah, it was it was fun to watch those guys. And, you know, coaching is really just, you know, we're not doing anything other than, um, you know, basically as a, I was the hitting coach, so I made the, the four groups for batting practice, and I called them in when it was their time to come up. So that was about it. And, um, you know, I kind of said, I, if there's anything anyone ever wants to talk about with hitting, I'm here, I'd love to, you know, share anything, any ideas or whatever, but it's, you know, it's all about letting those guys play. And, and, and there's, there's some kids that were amazing. I, I, I liked, uh, you know, Dodgers, the, the starter was uh, Miller. He has a tremendous arm and, and mm-hmm. I think exciting things are ahead with him. And, you know, the, the Kurtai looked really good. So those guys, Dodgers just keep churning them out. So it's going to be exciting to see those guys, whether or not they end up in a Dodger uniform or get traded for, the next uh, Trey Turner or Mookie Betts or you know, Max Scherzer, um, you know, they're going to be very valuable assets for the Dodgers either this year or in the next year or two. So uh, it was good seeing those guys. Um, there's a kid on – one of the kids that impressed me the most was uh, uh, De La Cruz, who's like 6'5", thin shortstop out of the Dominican Republic for, for St. Louis. He's a switch hitter and, you know, just, just looks – 
you know, pretty special. So I'm excited to see what happens with him. And um, it was kind of cool to see Dusty Baker's son, the one back in the World Series that was a little baby bat boy that got, almost got run over, and JT Snow picked him up and kind of saved him. Um, yeah. yeah. I think he's in, in double A, but he looked really good. So, yeah, there's, there's some exciting young players for sure. So, Sean, I think the MVP that we all really came to listen to this podcast to hear about is The Miz. Uh, who I understand was the MVP of the celebrity softball game. Are you a big WWE guy? No. Do you think, do I seem like a WWE guy to you? No. Do I seem like a big WWE guy? I'm giving it away here. No, you know. <laughs> no, but I, I hear he swings a knee bat. Yeah, he had a good swing. He hit the ball hard. Yeah, he had a nice, he had a home run. I mean, really, the the guy that was super good was, uh, was Hunter Pence, you know, our the nemesis there from, you know, across the state. But he, uh, you know, I think he, admittedly, he was the one guy who's been kind of been practicing hitting softball. So, you know, of the, the former players, I'd say he's the only one who was really squaring up the ball. The rest of us right, were like, Jesus is slow, and it's coming in a big, big loopy pitch. But, um, yeah, Hunter squared up. But, yeah, the Miz was, the Miz was good. There were some guys – that definitely uh, have played their fair share of softball and or baseball over the years. And, and you could tell he's, he's swung a bat for a long time. Leave it to Hunter Pence. The one guy who could probably show up and just be good at it decides he's going to practice beforehand because, you know, he's a professional athlete and that's what professional athletes do. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, I, I was with him. Um, the only first time I ever met him was at the family feud. Um, we were, we were in the, like, it was the player's first wives, and he was on my team, and, and uh, yeah, he loves us. You can tell he's super competitive and loves, you know, just loves to have fun with whatever challenge they had. So he's, he's a good guy, and, and uh, you know, I, I after just meeting him in that family feud, I knew he'd be the one that would, like, come out there ready to go, like, not, not yeah. messing around. Sean, I wanted to wrap this up with a little present-day Dodger talk. We have a Giants-Dodgers series starting tonight as we record this. And we talked previously about a Giants-Dodgers series just before the break that was taking place in San Francisco. Um, but this is shifting the series back to Dodgers Stadium. The guys got to take a couple of days off at home. Um, hopefully, the, hopefully the stands have been cleared up after it sold out. Uh, all-star game and series of events there at Dodger Stadium, but one of the best rivalries in all of sports, and we get a chance to see it renew again tonight. Both teams are good this year. Does it get any better than this as a baseball player? No, I mean, you, yeah, to, to get a chance to, to come off the break and get right out, it's it's always a little bit of a lull that first, first day back. Three days off feel like an eternity when you're used to playing every day. Even one day off, you kind of feel like, geez, I a little rusty after one day off, which is crazy to think about. But, um, yeah, but to be able to get back into it and have the Giants in town, I think is, is it's actually a big advantage for both, for both sides just to have, to get that fire going. The rivalry um, will get the, the adrenaline cranking right away. And, and, and you get back in and, and you feel like, okay, you know, we got, we got work to do. This is a, you know, we got to focus and, and, finish up what we started this year. That's kind of, I think the mindset and, and it's a lot better playing as a team like that than going and playing like, you know, a last pace team from the NL central or something like that. And that's, 
sure. You know, I think it's it's a good it's a good thing that they're at home in front of the home crowd that just got to watch, you know, the the Dodger stars, you know, in the game and all that, and uh, and now it's time to to go right right into the Giant series. Would you literally come back from vacation, Sean, when when you were playing that first game after a break? Did you like go someplace and intentionally try to make oh. it a vacation uh, during your playing career uh, when you weren't in All Star? No, no, because I. For me, it was always you know, you're you're traveling so much. Like the thing you want to do is you want to be home. So like yeah, vacation. Yeah. If I was playing for the Blue Jays, yeah, maybe I'd come home. There's one year, I like my second season. I went with my teammate. They had a his family had a cabin, and he's from Miami, Alex Gonzalez. And they went. They had a cabin up in uh, the mountains in North Carolina. So I went up with him, and we went you know, kind of fishing and hanging out in the mountains um, with with some of his friends and stuff. So that was that was kind of fun, um, but. Other than that, I would try to try to get home. Really, you just, you just want to get yeah. home and sleep in your own bed for a couple nights, and that's like that's a vacation when you're playing in, on the road for you know for seven months, counting spring training. Yeah, I can believe that. Well, we'll see if the guys got their sleep. We'll see if they are back in their routine, or we'll see if they need a little time to acclimate to the day-to-day grind of a major league baseball season. Second half begins tonight. Sean Green, thank you as always for joining me. Yeah, thank you. All right, thanks again to Sean Green. He spoke to me with no foreknowledge of Thursday night's game, the Mookie Betts show. Man, what a game that was. What a finish. If you have a minute and you've been enjoying these episodes, please take a minute to give this podcast five stars. If you feel like it, drop a review. Every single endorsement helps keep us coming back week after week. We've got a trade deadline coming up, a pennant chase. Lots more to talk about the rest of this season. Will Juan Soto be a Dodger the next time I record? Who knows? Sure seems like he'll be traded. You never know. All right, catch you here next week. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.